Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the options risk disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however, they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Lock in Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update for February 15th, President's Day, 2016. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening via podcast, come on over to our website and join our mailing list. Get your free report, The Seven Secrets of Becoming a Successful Trader. Our website is www.lockingyoursuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E in your success.com. Also, you can stay informed by joining our mailing list. You can connect with over 300 talented traders within our community, and you can join that as well. And you want to take your, if you want to take your trading up to the next notch, then you can try community coaching or an enriching session. So lots of neat stuff there. While you're there, you can check out our trading programs. We have the super simple spread trades, the M3, the bearish butterfly, the rock, the M21, and 8 p.m. squared. If you're not sure what those are, again, just visit the website, and you can do that. And we also have the masterclass series. Uh, as well. Now, in the update, we cover four trades through our various systems as closely as we can to the guidelines within the systems. We have uh, a bearish butterfly trade, an M3 trade, a rock trade, and a V condor trade. We've been tracking these for years, and you can go on our blog at lockingyoursuccess.com and get some uh, past sessions that we've done. So make sure you go ahead and do that. Uh, as far as announcements, we have a couple of guests here with us today. We have Sherry's on the line, and she's going to talk about uh, the Trading Triangle event in Hawaii as far as uh, what we're going for uh, extracurricular activities. We also have David Thomas, who is obviously one of our coaches, and he uh, has stayed at the resort that we're having the venue in. So uh, he's got a bunch of information about that. We also have John Wilson, which is a, who's, who's one of the traders and a contributor to our blog. And he's a great trader, and he's also been in the 8 p.m. Squared program. So good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Dave. Let me unmute John here. Good morning. I'm here, Cherry. Good morning. Can you hear me? Well, hi, John. <laughs> hey, good morning, gang. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yes, yeah, I can hear you fine now. Okay, great. Everything's awesome. That's great, guys. So, yeah, I was, I was excited to have you guys on here. We've got a few extra minutes because we don't have, uh, I don't have my SMB webinar after this, so we have a little bit extra time this morning, and I figured it would be a great time to, you know, talk to the people about some things here. 
And um, I don't know, Sherry, do you want us to say, say anything first? Or? Well, I mean, I can talk about the networking activities that we are working on. We're working on doing a luau uh, with the group of that whoever wants to attend. We're also working on doing a zip lining tour. Uh, and I am working on kayaking, maybe like a sunset kayaking tour with some snorkeling. So um, there's going to be some really fun activities that we're going to be able to do together as a group during the, our time in, in Maui. So just wanted to let people know we're working on that. Well, that sounds awesome. Right. And for those of you, too, I probably should talk about a little bit about Trading Triangle Hawaii. Trading Triangle, in general, is, is a... Uh, the concept or, or that I've put together about how to become a successful long-term trader and be able to depend on your income as a trader going forward. And it has to deal with the challenges that we see trader ha traders have. You know, it's one thing that to find a good trade or, or something like that that actually, you know, you, maybe you've been having success with over a period of time. It's something completely different to go out on your own and survive long-term doing that. And uh, in order to do so, you need to uh, not only be able to have a system, but you need to be able to know how to modify your systems and adapt your systems to the marketplace. You need to have the proper psychology to be able to trade your systems. And you need to have some sort of a successful business model you know, to ensure your long-term sustainability as a trader. And we go over all those things and how they fit together. Uh, so we'll be talking a lot about psychology and not just uh, around trading, but the psychology of success in general, whether it be, uh, it crosses over to all areas of your life, whether it be relationships, um, your, your general happiness. And we want, to be, you want, we want you to be happy, successful, productive people. And we're going to talk about the psychology and show you some, some uh, tricks on how to do that using uh, the most advanced neuroscience uh, out there. Um, with uh, neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis and uh, a lot of other uh, good stuff and the latest in strategic intervention coaching. Uh, a lot of good stuff with that. We're going to talk about uh, how to trade this high volatility market, how to adapt your trades, how to adapt your systems. We'll talk about uh, a little bit about M21 and how to realize you're in certain market environments and adapt your trades. We're going to look at adapting the SSS trades with M21 strategies. We'll be looking at the SPX broken link butterfly that are a lot of doing doing right now that happen to be having success in a high volatility market. But you take that same strategy and you plug it into a 2013 environment, it doesn't work so well anymore. So we'll talk about how to adapt that strategy to a, to a lower volatility environment. So when the market finally calms down and starts to go up again, you can deal with that, and uh, you know, a lot of other things like that. So a lot of uh, trading mechanics, and uh, you know, a lot of obviously we'll be talking about the M3. We're going to have guest speakers. We have um, Raymond Joseph, who's talking about uh, basically his journey into becoming a trader. So the perspective from a newer person. We're going to be talking. Uh, Dave Thomas is going to do presentation on uh, on trading as well as trading system mechanics. And we're going to have an accountant come in, Kim, Kim Landry, talk about the uh, tax issues with uh, trading businesses and so forth. So lots of good things there. And also we have John Wilson here who's been uh, to, he was at the APM Squared live event. And he was going to talk to us about the difference between being at a live event versus being at um, uh, maybe just doing it online or something like that. So John, what do you think? 
Yeah, guys. Uh, no, thanks for letting me talk. This is I'm a rookie here uh, on the weekly webinar. So yeah, and, but you, uh, you, you have some great blogs you've been putting out. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. That's fun. I appreciate it. Sharon and I are having fun sending those back and forth. But uh, I, I appreciate it, guys. And I have some room on the APM squared. I don't know if you know that, but people who've been to the APM squared classes have uh, have their own Skype group and their own weekly meetings. And I've heard some rumors of talent contests and things like that. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> I just want to see Raymond. Yeah. No. We, you know that's another good point. We, the guys who attended the New Hampshire deal, the APM squared, we now are part of the Skype group. I think VinCat put that together. But. Uh, I mean, that truly opened my eyes, and I'm, I can only talk about the APM Square because we haven't done the triangle, but New Hampshire, Hawaii, I mean, you know. <laughs> I think Hawaii is a little nicer than New Hampshire. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, it seems like, uh, so anyone sitting on the fence, I mean, from my perspective, you know, I have all the programs. I did, you know, watch that at home many times, but the uh, New Hampshire, or the APM Square was the first time I ever went to an event. And I mean, I was—I literally changed my whole way of trade. I mean, that sounds like what? What? Why did? How did that happen? But just talking to other traders, it was simple as that. Just figuring out how other guys are incorporating these systems into their trading style and different account sizes. So, right there, I mean, that was the the big, I guess, eye-opening. And I, I look at myself as a tasty trader, uh, diehard selling strangles and straddles. But when I went there, I. Instead of having 60 to 80 underlyings on, I had two. So I've, I've really changed my style. And uh, I don't know how you live that way. <laughs> See, You're right, John. You're right. <laughs> it's not that you can't yeah, make money that I'm way. I mean, you can certainly make money, but my goodness. <laughs> how do you do that? That's right. Don't tell Tom Sala's mouth. No, you're right. It's, uh, it's, I guess they're looking at the probabilities and things of that nature, baiting away your portfolio. But... The end of the day, however you want to paint it, it's so it's much. The the drawdowns are less, and the returns are a little higher. I mean, I'm I'm doing much better. That's why if it works, go with it, right? I mean, I'm so much more relaxed. It's just it's it, and I wouldn't have gotten that. I know I wouldn't have gotten that just ordering the systems. I mean, I have all the other ones, and we you learn a lot. But it's talking to the other traders, and now we have the webinar or the uh, Skype group, and this is before you put together your uh, your website. So right. that's been good too, but face to face is hard to beat. And uh, yeah, New Hampshire, Hawaii—that's kind of stuff. That's pretty easy to uh, make. That's a no-brainer. But people that are sitting on the fence, yeah, you got to pay more. You got to fly out there. You got to get a hotel room. There's an added cost, but this is the most competitive marketplace in the world. So I mean, if you can get that little edge somehow, uh, just being there, it's worth it. I found it's worth it. So it's kind of John asked me to. And Sherry asked me to share that with a group if, if someone's on the fence. So I said, sure. So hopefully that might help some people. Yeah, I think um, I think everybody had a really great time in New Hampshire and, and lots of great comments, but they said, why are we doing this in New Hampshire? We should be in Hawaii. So I was like, oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> We're doing it now. That's good. <laughs> Actually, Sherry's the one who put that together. Sherry, Sherry. Uh, well done, Sherry. Talk me into it. <laughs> Thanks. I, we definitely want to go. I think it's going to be fantastic. And, and someone had asked a question if the spouses are invited to um, to the networking activities. And absolutely. I mean, I we're, we're all going to go. I mean, we our girls are coming, so they're going to go to the activities too. So, thing open is, to all. 
a lot of the stuff we do as traders, we have to run by our wives and family, so <laughs> it's not a bad <laughs> idea to have maybe experience that, hey, there are, there are other people who are crazy enough to do this. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to get buy-in from everybody. <laughs> and this situation is no different. <laughs> so, I'm bringing the family, too. Right. So, so yeah, we're hoping that everybody brings their, well, you know, if you can, you bring your family if you have one or, or, or maybe a, a friend or whatever, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, John, you can hear me, right, John? Speaking of that, Dave has been there, and when we were, we were thinking of going to Hawaii, we had no idea where to go. We thought Hawaii was just one big place, but <laughs> it's very different, right, Dave? <laughs> well, I was, I was uh, John, you can hear me, right? I can. Yes. Uh, well, I guess I was speaking of the other John. Oh, okay. I, I'll be quiet. <laughs> Dave, I hear you. Yeah. When I was thinking, you were just describing about how you used to be trading with Tasty Trade and like, you know, 50, 60 different underlyings, and then now there's two. And, and I'm sitting here just looking at the screen, and I can see these, you know, this guy with this fire in the bottom right-hand portion of the screen. And then I right next to it, I see these turtles just kind of floating in the water. And, and I said, well, is that kind of the, is that the analogy, you know, it's, you know, the bottom right, that's what, you know, here's this guy, you know, going crazy with his fire and looks like he's probably having a heck of a time. And but then this next is this nice little turtle just kind of floating around in the water. Is that kind of the difference, John? Or? Be, you summed it up. Very nice. That's right. Be the turtle. Yes. No, be, the, be the turtle. Well, and, and as a matter of fact, the, uh, if, if people are looking at their screen right now, um, because it was only last October that I was actually, uh, my wife and I were actually staying at this resort. Um, the upper right-hand portion, right where John's trading triangle is, is a picture of a, a big, long beach. That's actually, um, it's called Big Beach, and it's just right around, the hotel is just right around the, the corner of the end of the island there. Um, so and it's, uh, that beach is pretty much almost inhabited. You can, you can get to it. There's no hotel on it right there, but our beach is actually just around the corner, uh, just as beautiful. Um, and one of the nice things is that I was telling um, Sherry and John this the other day is um, Sherry was asking me about, you know, what, what, what is there locally, you know, very close to the hotel to do. And I said one of the greatest things was uh, when my wife and I were there, we were just early in the morning. They have, um, you know, free uh, yoga sessions, if anybody's into that, um, which I had never done it before. And I found myself down there with my wife doing it one morning out on the, uh, just outside, and it was, you know, just right by the water. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, even for someone that has never done it before, it was just very nice and relaxing, and uh, you do it at your own speed. And But then they also have a very, very gorgeous beach that's right there, and um, just to the, I guess, the south of Maui Island, there's another little place called Molokai, and it's one of, I believe, in the world, people can check on this, but it's believed to be one of the most, you know, pristine snorkeling areas in the world. And you can, they have a boat, a catamaran boat, that literally pulls right up on the beach. I mean, literally pulls right up on the beach, and you just walk right onto the boat. It's quite convenient. And you just jump on the boat, and they just take you off to this little area, which is, only takes probably, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes to get to. And it's, they say, I, I actually did not do it last time because we just didn't have the chance, uh, but we had the, um, we saw people every day going in and out, you know, different times of the day. And, um, but the, the convenience factor of, uh, at this place called the McKenna uh, Beach uh, Resort, it's just, it's one of those places where, as my wife said, it's like her, her special place. 
we had never been to Hawaii before, um, which living here on the West Coast, everyone couldn't believe that we had never been to Hawaii before, but um, we went and we just had the, the best time. And at the actual hotel, I have to say that the one of the highlights for me uh, was the, um, you know, many times you go to a hotel and they just have, you know, some sort of a small continental breakfast or something. Well, then this is the breakfast that you can't believe. And um, you can just go downstairs, you can sit inside, so you can sit outside, everything is kind of open air. And, you know, chefs are down there waiting for you to ask, you know, what you want, and they can, you can they'll make whatever you want as far as, like, you know, eggs and omelets and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, you know, the, the display is just amazing. Uh, you could eat enough there for almost the whole day if you really wanted to. But the, um, it's just a gorgeous setting, and the people that are there, the staff that work there, uh, we had heard about this place from friends of ours that had gone, that go to Hawaii quite frequently. And what we found out was that when this place was, uh, built back in the early 90s, they had nobody on the island. They, they couldn't find people to actually work at this place. So, and, and multiple other hotels that were opening at the same time. So they had to go around the world, literally go around the world and get people. And you have these people there. There's one guy that waited on us every day down there was from, one guy was from India, another guy was from France, and they've all worked there for like 25 years. I mean, which is kind of amazing when you think they said they moved there and they just they found it was just so amazing that they just stayed. Uh, and that's kind of how we felt about it. It was just, uh, it's one of those places where, you know, the weather is very, very consistent. It's pretty much pretty gorgeous all the time. Um, uh, something that we're not used to here, at least for myself living in Seattle, uh, where we're, you know, used to a lot of rain here. You don't seem to have that there, but it's a, in the, in the, in the portion, if you look at that picture up on the upper right, um, the the, the mountain that's kind of in the background, that's actually kind of like the northern part of the island. And you actually do see some clouds up there, and that's pretty typical. But we're down on the southern end of the island. We do not tend to get the clouds, and it's usually the more uh, sunnier area. So it's, um, it's, it's a gorgeous location. It's uh, very private, but they do have uh, shuttle service from the hotel that you can go to different shopping places, different restaurants. Um, and the people, you know, are totally for free, and you can go up there and spend any time, and you want to ride back, you just give them a call, and they'll come and pick you up. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Also, in the area, the local area around there, if you want to just take walks, um, you can imagine. You can just be walking for a long period of time, just looking out onto this setting that's one of the most beautiful I've ever seen in the world. And so it's just a great place, and I, and I encourage everyone that, um, you know, when, when John and Sherry told me about this, doing this in Hawaii, uh, we had just gone to Hawaii, and think, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I mean, we would just love to go back there. And this particular place was very special for us because it was our first place, and um, once we got there, we just couldn't believe how, how, how gorgeous it is and, you know, like being able to, you know, if you don't want to go to the beach, they have a nice pool. Um, the setting around the pool, you can have uh, this gorgeous, you know, this cabanas around it, or you can get so you can be shaded from the sun if you don't want to be in the sun. Um, staff is there, of course, ready to assist you at all times as far as eating, um, and they have a beautiful place where you can have lunch down there, sitting right by the pool. Um, you know, it's it just goes on and on and on. Um, so. That's fantastic. Uh, I feel like I'm a representative of the resort, but I'm not. It's just that we were, <laughs> we, yeah, 
We just yeah. we just love to. We're, we're really 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 looking forward to come back and enjoying the time like we did in New Hampshire. And one one of the things that I just wanted to note, kind of like what John was saying, was the ability to be able to kind of interface with a lot of people. Uh, the first night that when we were in New Hampshire, I thought was really really interesting because um, everyone arrived at the hotel and we actually all got together and we actually you know went out to I think a pizza place and. It was an ability for all the people that many of them had never even uh, met each other before. Uh, maybe only a few had met each other, but uh, we had probably all talked to each other or had heard of each other or seen the Skype chat before. But to be able to have that opportunity to, before the conference started, to actually go and uh, you know get to know each other was so good because when the, when John started the conference the next day, we had already really got to know each other, which was a lot of fun. And so uh, I would personally like to be able to continue with that uh, in Hawaii. And you know, if you have a chance and you are coming to be able to maybe come a little bit earlier, uh, I will be there for about four or five days before the conference starts and also afterwards, um, because John was able to, or Sherry was able to negotiate these great prices and you know, before and after we have the conference. So, so that's really cool, and I'm looking forward to doing it. And my wife is coming, and uh, my brother and his wife are coming, and so there's a it will be a, a great kind of family affair for us, and that's the way we kind of view this as, as kind of a big family. And so we're really looking forward to it. I hope anybody that is looking to come or, like John said, maybe uh, you know, on the fence, I'd just say, uh, you know, give it, a, give it a try. You won't be disappointed. That's great. I have a, just a, a couple, a note, too. Um, the night before, which is the Monday, which would be June 20th, we're going to have a loud Hawaiian shirt contest. So we're going to meet on Monday evening, <laughs> and so we're going to kick off with that, so, and maybe some stand-up, you never know. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. And just oh. to note, if anybody, you know, is trying to shop around for different things, like trying to get one of Sherry's loud Hawaiian shirts, um, I'll, I'll put a, as soon as you get off the plane, there's a Costco right there, and they sell great, cheap um, uh, Hawaii wear, so you don't have to go to the expensive places and get it, you know, there's a Costco right there, whoever has that can, uh, have a membership that you can go in there and grab whatever clothes or whatever things you like. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. <laughs> so, so yeah, so anyway, this is not a, um, we don't put on boring trading seminars. We hardly have a good time. So we learn a lot about trading. We get to network. We have a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, like I said, families are invited, and we definitely encourage you to come. So that's I think the other thing, John, uh, if yep. people are not aware of it, is that, you know, this, the, the trading seminars are, not going to be lasting from you know seven in the morning till five in the afternoon either. Right, right. We're purposely cutting off at one. Although we may run a little bit late sometimes, or we may have some optional stuff going on some of the afternoons, but uh, that that you can come to if you want. But um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good time. Depends on how we do for timing, getting all the content in there. <laughs> all right. So uh, so that's great. I, I, and 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 like I said. I hope to see you there. It's going to be a good time. We've we've booked a, a nice big room. It's not a little tiny room like New Hampshire. New Hampshire, we were kind of crammed thirty people into into the room, and it was a little bit tight. But this is going to be a nice big open spot. And I'll have I'll have room to move around. You guys will have room to move around. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, all right. So that's enough. We will move forward with that. I'll, I'll quickly go over a couple of questions here, unless anybody else has something to say. Um, I just want to say thanks to Dave and to John Wilson oh. for sharing your oh, you thoughts. Glad to share. Thanks, Sherry, John. 
Thanks, yeah, th thank you very much, and we look forward to seeing you in Hawaii. This is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun. It'll be a blast. Can't wait. Look, looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, awesome guys. Thank you. All right. So, question: Is there a trading trial book coming out soon? There is a book coming out soon. I don't. Uh, as far as soon, I'm not sure. We're. Uh, I, I have to get through the event here first, and hopefully, towards the end of the year, that book will be out. Uh, can I give you an update on Option View and ONE? Uh, basically, there's nothing new as far as information from ONE that I have. So uh, he's still working on the model. I think it's proven to be more difficult than he thought. But uh, but they're still working on that and doing some things. I know some traders are using it. Uh, I mean, you know, if you use ONE, give it a shot. Let me know. Give me some feedback. I know that it's still running different numbers than Option View. Yeah, I think Len is, uh, as far as option view goes, Len's going to be on capital discussions later. Uh, he's actually, I'm not sure what he's going to be talking about, but you could probably ask him questions directly related to that. Pretty much right now, I mean, it's still the same old buggy program that it's been, but it's uh, as far as the Greeks go, they seem to be fairly uh, representative of what they should be, of what they used to be. So I'm not having any issues with the option view program at this time. Everything seems to be working. Um, we'll put it normally. Uh, why don't we do the, the trading trial in Budapest, Hungary? I do not know anything about Budapest, so... <laughs> <laughs> but something to look into. Maybe we can look at that. He's got a bunch of comments there. A bearish butterfly question we'll look at later. Uh, let's see. Uh, a lot of comments here. So if you yeah, if you want to look at your question at the comments, you guys can do that. Uh, yeah, some people saying Hawaii is is, uh, is beautiful. Take a scenery site. Uh, but you guys can read through that and. What airport is closest to uh, the, the venue, Honolulu, question mark? DG, you know about as much yeah. about Hawaii as I do. That's not even on the same island. <laughs> and I yeah, wouldn't know that. So. Yeah, it's the Maui Airport. There's only one. Okay, the Maui Airport. Yeah, it's um, it's Kalua. Okay, I'm going to, sorry, butcher the name. Um, but OGG is the airport code, and it's, okay, Dave, you might be have to help me. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's what what is it? Yeah, K A H U K A H U L U I. Yeah, Kalui or something like that. But yeah, it's it's um, it's if you take a look at that island picture right there, uh, think of the island as almost like a figure eight, and it's like the northern section and the southern section, and right in the middle is where Kalui is, and that's where the airport is, right in the middle. All right, great. A lot of flights that only go in from the states that go into Honolulu. And you can easily take another flight from Honolulu to Maui. Those are inter-island inter flights that are very quick, too. So either way, you can get there. Direct is easier, but it's not that far away. Super. Perfect. Thanks. All right, great. So that's that. We have uh, some other questions here. Maybe Sherry can type some stuff in to, do, um, to deal with that. Uh, the activities, well, the, the actual trading seminar is from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the four days. So we're trying to make it long enough to satisfy IRS requirements for running the trip off. Um, uh, and that's that's the planned time uh, for, uh, for that. And yes, please email Sherry some pictures. That's awesome. All right, so let's move on here. Okay, is this a question on Auction View versus ONE? It's funny, if you're going to get software, uh, analytical software right now, uh, Option View is what 
we, if you're, you're doing our systems here, option view is what we're recommending right now. So far, ONE does, I don't have any clear evidence from them that they're, um, they got that issues nailed down yet, and I can't give you modifications for the ONE system. So right now, uh, option view is where we're at. All right, so moving forward, other announcements. Successful Options Trader of the Month, Ryan, is on this Thursday, 9 a.m., 2.18. So for Premium Plus members and Premium members, then uh, you know, make sure you sign up for that webinar. There's the link to register for the webinar. And we have our community coaching session on Wednesday, February 17th, 9 p.m., so make sure you make that and put your questions in for that for what you would like to be see covered. And also, there is no webinar next Monday. <clears throat> We've decided it's too cold here in New Hampshire, and we're going down to Florida. So um, we're not going to be uh, a webinar next Monday, uh, but it's, it's, we're going to have it this Friday instead. So we'll do that, and then we're going to return to the normal schedule the week after. So that is that. That's all our announcements. That's everything we have. So we should be good to go. All right, let's take a look here at the markets and what's going on. Last week, I was expecting the market to bottom out somewhere around the bottom of this candle and then probably close higher for the week. Um, it was actually a down week for the indices, so it wasn't quite as strong as I thought, but the bounce has begun. Very, very likely that we are going to see, um, I would consider a move to maybe 990 to be very weak, <laughs> uh, but I would expect that move to at least be another 20 points here to the upside. I'm thinking it's more likely to be up in the, the 1040 area. Uh, I, assuming the mark, market runs up to the 1040, 1030, 1040 area, then I would expect us to maintain a sideways range between the 1040 area and the 950 area in that 100 point range for, for a little while going forward in the markets. If in the event we don't make it that high and we get a a fairly hard reversal before the 990 level, we're probably going lower. Um, that would indicate the market is, is much weaker than expected. So uh, that's, what to keep, uh, that's what to keep in mind. So for now, very short term, bullish, uh, longer term, sideways, unless of course we can't even, if we can't even eke out a move and up and over the 990 area, that's, that's kind of telling that the market is just not very strong at all. Not surprising um, uh, either way. I wouldn't be surprised either way. But I, I, would, I would be more apt to say we're going to run into a more of a sideways range for a while. Uh, as far as the other indices, one of the reasons that the Russell dropped down a little bit lower than, uh, than I thought, if you look at the SPX, the SPX just came in and basically tested the lower end of the candle, and the Russell had just happened to be a little bit more relatively weak than the SPX, so it kind of um, it kind of pushed down a little bit no more than normal. If you remember, you know, we talk when we talk about cross indice analysis, is um, a lot of the times if you see the SPX and maybe the Dow or one of the other indices coming into a major support point, and the Russell's just broken it a little bit, that doesn't really mean anything on the Russell index, so. Um, everything pretty much normal here, got a normal bounce on the SPX. This is typical double bottom. You'd expect the XP, SPX in a, in a sideways market to run to at least 1950, which is a big move, but, uh, but that's what I would expect. If it doesn't make it, again, if we roll over here, now we may pause at around 1880, but if we, if we, if we roll over there and actually start coming down fairly hard, that would be considered very, very weak for the markets. 
likely to come down uh, further. If we look at the NDX, kind of reversed in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but again, that's because the SPX and the Dow bottomed out, and the Russell bottomed out also. So not a surprise. Uh, this thing here, again, a weak move would be to 4,100. If we don't exceed 4,100, that would be generally considered bearish. The, um, the Dow here, again, we bottomed out. Didn't even quite hit the bottom of this candle or the bottom of this candle. So that's telling us that the, the Dow is actually relatively strong. It's probably going to be the first thing to break out higher if we go higher. I would expect a bounce in the Dow to at least 16.5. So those are um, my thoughts on the market. Again, if we can't make it to those levels in the next week or two, that is going to be uh, relatively weak. And I, I would be a little bit more bearish if that were the case. So those are my thoughts on the market. If um, we look at our positions, we can uh, quickly run to that. When we talk about bearish butterfly, I know I have a bearish butterfly question on the docket. Uh, other than the bearish butterfly question, if you ask something that has not been answered, please retype it in because um, that's the only one I can recall. Uh, all right, so let's go to our um, option view. So here is what we have. We, uh, if you can recall, the bearish butterfly for February was closed profitably long, long ago. Um, and and that's, uh, that's closed for the month. As of Monday, this is what the, we looked like on our uh, February M3 trade. It was down slightly. Uh, we're getting close to expiration. And we are here at, a, at, a, at, a, uh, at an adjustment point. We are positive delta. So what I did with this position here, if we, if we look at the way it was as of the last update, I just took this and I did a roll back to the position, which is pretty much standard. So if we um, close this here, we went from short strikes of 960 back to short strikes of 940. We added in some verticals at 940.950 and 940.960 and came into a position that's still positive delta, which is typically what I do and came into a position that looked like this. This position lasted the week, uh, came close to having uh, further adjustment points, but never actually triggered anything. And if we push this to Friday, we did get an adjustment trigger. So let me go to Friday. We are up uh, 29.45 by Friday. And we're at a just delta of minus 199. Now, full disclosure, being here February 7th, up $2,900 or even close to that, uh, I would be exiting this position more than likely. The market's moving around a lot. From a technical standpoint, we're likely to get a very large bounce. This is not likely to make any more money. As a matter of fact, we're probably going to get a bit of a drawdown by the time we close it. But we'll trade this into expiration to, uh, to do that. But realistically, if you are having a month as hard as we had and did this, then it's time to go. Uh, I understand that some people trading this may have lost the trade. Uh, I have uh, a live trade for SMB, which was like a 2 or 3% loss. I closed it on Friday. The um, um, got caught up in, oh, I don't remember what day it was, it was somewhere around the 20th, I think, of uh, January in that really, really huge uh, candle 
where I actually did an intraday adjustment. Those of you who stay, who followed guidelines and they don't do intraday adjustments as suggested in the program should be profitable this month. Uh, whether you entered it late or early uh, or on time, it should have been a profitable month if you, if you weren't fast with the down moves, if you did these intraday adjustments and stuff probably resulted in a loss because uh, that's what happened to uh, that position. I have a live position on that was profitable that we don't adjust intraday. It was perfectly fine. It was entered at a different date than this one, but it was profitable. Um, I and like I said, I have the live position that we, uh, two, two different live positions that we adjust intraday that got, uh, that got beat up and ended up taking a small loss, mainly because of um, uh, doing intraday adjustments, right? So we try to avoid those when we can. But that is um, just some comments on that. So this is the, so this is this trade. Uh, all right. Let me just look here. Is there an introduction video uh, for my different strategies available? That is a great idea, John. Uh, no, there isn't. But generally, what I what I would recommend for anyone coming in who's uh, assuming they're a competent market neutral trader, like maybe you've been through Sheridan Mentoring or, or, or some other uh, course, or maybe you've just traded condors for a while on your own or, or butterflies or something. If you've done that, then you can, can get into the M3 program and, um, and go there. Okay, so on the February M3, February 8th, after the adjustment, I'm not concerned about the gamma trend on the upside. Uh, yeah, we'll go back to that and look at that. Um, so do I recommend adjustments near the end of the day? Generally, yeah, near the end of the day, 3 o'clock-ish, 3, 3.30. We do 3.30 in the webinars, uh, but 3 o'clock-ish, I generally recommend them towards the end of the day. Although they can be done pretty much any time of day, I would avoid between before 10.30 if you can, uh, but you can do them pretty much any, of, any time of day. The point is just is try and stay away from the intraday ranges. Now, you might get different results if you do it in the middle of the day, uh, towards the end of, or towards the end of the day for any particular um, trade, but long term, it doesn't really matter. We have people who adjust them at ten in the morning, people who adjust them at noon time, people who adjust them uh, towards the end. Uh, they all do the same uh, long term, generally the same results. The difference being, um, if you're doing intraday stuff, people who run intraday adjustments typically, again, not doing an intraday adjustment, you may lose a trade. Where you, where you could have saved it. But if you um, take this and you go out long-term and go over the last 10 years and say, am I better off taking uh, intraday, uh, you know, in other words, trying to adjust this in the middle of the day and you know, watch the market and adjust it when I hit my delta points, or am I better off uh, just waiting and just hitting it once a day? The people who wait and hit it once a day are far, far more profitable than those who are adjusting intraday. Like I said, there may be individual trades where you may have won or lost because you did one or the other. But in general, long term, you're better off um, just letting it go. Uh, okay. And that includes flash crash days and uh, stuff like that. So um, just keep that in mind. And also, uh, you know, when you're trading, though, if you're going to do that, make sure that you are okay with a 30 or 40 point move to the downside intraday. Um, prior to, prior to uh, uh, the day before. So, but what I mean by that is if, you know, maybe you're at plus 40 delta on a particular trade and it's not quite an adjustment point, um, 
but you look at your downside and maybe you're close to expiration and you have a lot of money to lose on the downside, it might make sense to make an adjustment at that point, right? Even though you're not at your maximum delta number so that you can withstand a fairly large intraday down movement without getting too much past your loss numbers. So that type of thing. But that said, in general, you're better off uh, staying that, that way. So um, do I use double delta for um, intraday stuff? I, like I said, on the stuff that I have to do intraday adjustments, uh, generally I'm going to use double numbers, yeah. So, so uh, instead of adjusting it, you know, maybe minus 100, I'll do minus 200, uh, something like that. I'll, I'll let it go a little bit more because the numbers within the program are too tight for making intraday adjustments. Uh, some people even go four times delta. Uh, intraday, or what would even be better is just say, you know what, look at my T plus zero line, just forget about the delta number. Look at your T plus zero line and say, what's a 40-point move going to do to me? Is that acceptable to me? If it's not, make the adjustment the day before. Um, and, and just trade a more conservative trade that way. It tends to work out much better than watching the market and adjusting at double delta. There are trades where I do need to do that. Um, Again, dealing with other people's money on Trade Desk, for example, um, I do need to be aware of what intraday delta is because they have the limits that they've imposed upon us, which, again, is very detrimental to them, but uh, they've chosen to do that anyway. So that being the case, we, uh, we do that, and that was a direct cause of a loss this month rather than a gain, right? Um, so you just need to keep, uh, need, need to keep that in mind. Uh, all right, so... Um, do I use it only closer to expiration? Well, uh, no, I have to use double delta all the time with, um, with, with the trade desk trades. And like I said, a lot of the personal stuff I'm going to ignore intraday. Um, okay. So hopefully that is that. Uh, okay. So let's move on here. So that was the M3 trade. On Friday, I did make, we're over our maximum negative delta here. So I did make, and again, I would be out of this trade live, but I just brought us down to something more reasonable. Minus 84 inside the tent is perfectly fine. And that is our closing M3 position for last week. We also have our February rock trade, which is essentially the same position and had the same moves. So if we look at, let me, I'll show you the T-log to this first. We'll go up. So here is the moves on that M3 trade for February. Here are the moves on the rock trade for February. Fewer trades, it was started later, got bounced around a little bit less. Here is our rock trade as of Monday. Prior to adjustment, we were in the same position we were in with the M3. We did the 20-point rollback with the verticals, put us here. The only difference in this position is the calls at a little bit higher of a strike. The, um, we come into uh, Friday, and I did the same vertical adjustment, uh, 5, 950, 970s. And if you look before adjustment, we were minus 200. So a little bit more negative delta than the M3 trade. And again, that's because of the call placement. And then we had our adjustments here. 
and we just uh, brought this down to about minus 85. And that's that position there. Again, I, you know, I would probably even close a rock trade here, seven days to expiration, with the anticipated market movement that I see in the markets right now. Uh, so live trade, we would have yanked out of this at around the 2700 area also. And let's see, I don't want the reports. I want, um, well, anyway, we'll move on. So here, that's that trade. We have our V Condor, which was closed on Monday. If you remember, basically a V Condor, we don't roll this back, mainly because you usually get toasted to the upside if you roll it back. Um, generally, the last thing I like to do is, is, is you know, would be roll back and put this in a tight position and especially go negative delta. I would definitely avoid doing something like that in this position. But this is what we looked like on Monday. We close near, uh, we close under our, our short strike. Generally, we're just going to close the trade out. So uh, we just close this out at about a, a five, per, five or six percent uh, loss area on a V Condor. Again, the market's a little volatile for a V Condor. Although March is doing fairly well. So here is the T-log on the V Condor. And we will show you the results um, probably Friday. Friday we should be able to do results uh, on the other two trades that are open for February and how we're doing thus far this year. On the other trades we have open, we have a March bearish butterfly. So this trade here we talked about last week basically saying that if we exceed generally on live trading, I'm probably going to leave this. I don't have a whole lot of downside risk. We're at a, a point where I'm fairly confident the market's going to reverse. I probably wouldn't do anything here. Uh, even if we hit, probably wouldn't do anything here till maybe 930, realistically. At that point, I'm going to be saying, well, I'm probably wrong, and I might, and I'm going to do something. But by guidelines, when we start pushing outside of this uh, tent here, we get to uh, this 950 area, 960 area, we're going to exit uh, the hour upper butterfly, which is what we did. We did that on, uh, let me see with the T-log here. We did that on the, um, the 11th. So if I go to Thursday, right, we finally pushed down underneath our um, underneath our, our, our uh, 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 this area right here so the adjustment is just to pull off the upper butterfly which is which was done and this goes into a position that looks like this nice safe position here and then on Friday of course we had a fairly large up move which puts us right here so really nice looking position here. If we hold the 1040 area on the Russell, this should be a really, really good trade this month uh, with the bounce. There should be a, a fairly easy or at least a 10% win this month if we hold that. If it blasts off to the upside like crazy, it is probably going to be a losing trade. So, um, you know, realistically, am I interested in maybe starting to treat this as an M3 up in this area? Yeah, I probably am. Uh, just flatten out the T plus zero line a little bit and so I could sustain the up move. Um, yeah, I'd be interested in that on this trade uh, in case the market really took off. 
that is what we have for that. And let's see, no further questions as of yet. Oh, Bearish Butterfly, I had a question on Bearish Butterfly, so let's look here. Um, uh, okay, when the rules say for an upside adjustment, if the price is less than 40 points above your reference point, you roll up 20 points. Um, if delta is greater than minus 250, does that mean uh, in... Oh, okay. Right. So this is just a question on, on, on negative numbers versus positive numbers, which we kind of go over in the program. Most people, most average people, if you say, I want a, a number greater than minus 250 to make an upside adjustment, that means um, minus 260, minus 270. To a mathematician, a number greater than minus 250 is actually minus 200. All right. So um, I did explain that a little bit earlier that we... Um, we're just going with what normal people will think because a mathematician can figure it out, uh, what I mean. But basically, yeah, so if when I say minus 250 is an adjustment point to the upside, if it's greater than minus 250, I mean like as in minus 260, minus 270, minus 300. Okay, so that's um, so that hopefully that, that clears that up. So that's a really simple question there. And uh, will there be an Options Tribe webinar today at 10? No, there will not be an Options Tribe at 10 because of the uh, holiday closure. Us, we don't care about holidays most of the time, unless it's Christmas or something, uh, something uh, major, major. But uh, President's Day, we're doing this today. So that's the March bearish butterfly. That's where we sit. We have a March M3 trade, which is going to be right here. Again, I this is a really borderline adjustment. I don't think I would have rolled this position back here. Um, Live, I probably would have done something just to deal with the downside a little bit. Um, you know, maybe done, maybe just taking ten of these back to to here, right? Um, to bring that back and maybe take ten of these back. And I'm just kind of throwing this out here. This would be a far better adjustment. It flattens us out a little bit. Um, oh, and I got a question on the M3 too. Uh, I have to go back to. Uh, on the eighth, but I could have done this. The game of trend isn't bad here; it's not that bad. But I would have rolled that in to make myself positive delta. So I probably would have rather done something like that. But we didn't do that. We did um, something more um, conventional here. So let's just clear trades. We just did a rollback. So I took the 970s. I rolled it back to 950. Puts us in a position that looks like this. Right, if you superimpose the two, you'd have something like that. But either way, uh, we're doing about the same thing with the T plus zero line, so that's fine. Uh, and then on, let's see, was there another adjustment on this? No, that was it. So that's all we did in this trade. And if we come to Friday, we'll just show you what it looked look like. We're just sitting here. Up a couple hundred bucks. Nice looking trade. That's that. And then we have our V Condor trade, which got no adjustments. And this is what our V Condor looks like. So, so far, this trade looks pretty good. We'll see how it actually works out. But um, again, it's a little volatile for this, but realistically, if we get a push up to 1040 and pull back again, this trade should be perfectly fine for the. Um, for the situation. And that's what I have that. 
Monday, February 8th. Yes, that was the other question on the M3. Thank you for repeating that because I don't have to go back and search for it. So let me just go to February 8th. February M3 trade. And we'll go to an M3 here. So after adjustment, we went into something like this. Am I concerned about the drop-off here? The, I'm just going to move this to 10 points so that we can count easier. First of all, this isn't that bad of a drop-off. In other words, if I was in the center of my tent and I was in this position here and I looked forward, the drop-off isn't that bad. The bigger issue is what is a, uh, what is a realistic move going to do to me? So what's a realistic up move in the Russell? That would be large. 30 points maybe, right? The maximum 40 points. You just don't really see anything bigger than that um, historically. So if I do 10, 20, 30 points, that puts me here. It puts me at about the same profit and loss I'm currently at. Um, that's not a disaster, right? It's not something that's not recoverable. So uh, pretty much that's acceptable. Even if I go 40 points, it's acceptable. Um, I'm actually a little bit more concerned about downside here. But um, from the uh, from a perspective of that, if the SAG is, say, 40 points over the current price of the Russell, I'm not that concerned about it. Because uh, for us to move that far would be so unusual that, uh, you know, I can't, oh, we, I can't plan for absolutely everything. I mean, I can plan for everything, but I can't plan to win with every possible market scenario. And if I have to, if I draw down with a, four, with a 40 point up move, then, you know, so be it. It's not going to be to the point where it's really problematic. So, um, so something like this I would allow. You don't always have to keep everything completely flat. Um, in that, I mean, I could actually fix that if I wanted to, but realistically, uh, you know, I'm not concerned about that. That's pretty much whenever you're doing an M3. I mean, if I'm so so far back into the butterfly that's, that a 40-point move is only going to put me from maybe positive 50 delta to negative 50 delta, and I have a big sag up in front of the position, I'm not that concerned about it because what will happen is I'll get that 50-point move the next day, but what I will do is when I get, when, um, I'll show I had an example of this. When I get to the point where, um, when I get to the point where a 30-point move is going to be a problem, then I'll adjust it before delta guidelines, which is why uh, maybe looking at the T plus zero line is actually a better solution than using a raw delta number. We use a raw delta number in the program because it's most understandable to people. But when I'm looking at this position, and you know, if I'm looking at a position and I don't have an upside problem for 50 or 60 or 70 points, then um, realistically, I don't really have to fix that. I can leave that perfectly fine because realistically, I'm not going to hit that point. But what I will want to do is when I do get the bounce, then, you know, um, you know, say, say I have a problem 40 points up to the upside. I get a 30-point bounce. And now I have a problem 10 points up to the upside. Now I want to make my adjustments to the upside because now it's a realistic that I'm going to have a problem there. So, uh, you know, even if my delta number isn't hit, right? So if you can look at it that way, you're, you're generally going to be better off. So hopefully that makes sense. 
Um, right, so here, 40 points down, I hit a maximum loss, that's perfectly fine. Remember, I am not concerned about hitting a, hitting a maximum loss on a trade. Losing is part of trading. If you're constantly fighting, keeping stuff completely flat, saying that no matter what happens, I don't want to lose, you're going to have a challenge making money trading. You might be profitable by you know, a small amount every year, but you're, you're going to have a hard time making anything significant if you want to do anything better than beat maybe you know, 2 or 3% a month. Then um, you're going to have to be able to allow that, and you know, even if you're only allowing for two three percent a month, that's problematic because you will have those larger losses anyway. Because the market will do something crazy once in a while, or or they'll just crush your options prices at the wrong time, and you're going to take those larger losses anyway. But the reality is, is, is trading is not a situation where you win all the time. Trading is a situation where you have your losses. And, you know, I'm not concerned about a 40-point down move in the Russell causing me a maximum loss. That's not even, that doesn't even concern me at all, right? That's, that's what we consider normal. Um, but what I am concerned about is what a, a somewhat normal move. It's not that unusual for the Russell to go down 40 points, which you're right. But I'm concerned about that 40-point move putting me down, um, you know, if I have a 10% max loss and that 40-point move puts me down 20% or 30%, um, that or, or 100%, right? That is a problem, right? So now I'm taking too much risk on the downside, and I want to do something about it. Uh, usually, what I'll do in most of my trades is I'll say I'll have my maximum loss number, and um, I won't go within maybe 20 points of my maximum loss number, and then I'll have an absolute maximum loss number where. I just, I don't want to exceed like ever. And that might be 15% down on an M3. So it allows me a little extra a little extra money to get out of it and still stay within plan. And the only time I'd ever actually hit an absolute maximum loss number is if I get, a, you know, something like the flash crash happens or um, and I happen to be positioned wrong or um, just, you know, a historic move in the index is the only time I would take that. So that's what I usually um, would do that. Um, okay, so that is, I think, all that we have for questions. So the biggest thing with the trading is to watch your risk. This gets particularly, it gets difficult to watch your risk as you come into expiration, right? You start, um, you have to actually start cutting your position size down to usually um, deal with the downside if you get within a certain range of it. Uh, but hopefully that uh, answers everybody's questions. I hope you enjoy having... Uh, the trading day off today, and it looks like if the market futures hold, we have a, we're dealing with a fairly large gap up on uh, tomorrow. But you never know; that could change relatively quickly. But anyway, have a great day and have a great week trading. We will talk to you on Friday.